But sometimes the confidence that we have in one realm or a confidence as a doer doesn't come across as, as the confidence of a speaker. Some people, it's not an issue. But the majority of people, if statistics are true, it's the number one fear that people have. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. In studio today, I've got joining me Mike Acker. Now, Mike is a speaker, a leader, um, leadership coach. He is a best-selling author with over 19 years' experience in speaking and leadership development and organizational management. In our conversation today, he revealed what was shocking to me but may be common knowledge to you is that confidence comes from your identity, and one of the biggest issues that speakers have is confidence. So um, Mike is known for his authenticity, his humor and engaging presence. He specializes in fostering personal and organizational awareness, allowing the audience to personalize his presentations. And I'm sure you'll get that as you listen into our conversation. His expertise is in communications and leadership, and he has drawn a wide range of engagements, including executive teams, emerging leaders, not-for-profits, churches, and public schools. Well, hey, Mike, welcome to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Thank you so much, Doug. Great being here with you. Hey, super excited to talk to you. Um, I've done some speaking, you know, not that I, it doesn't scare me every once in a while, but um, I still like to get out there and share my message. So you're the expert on this. So do you want to give our audience just a little bit of background on what you do and how you help uh, help your clients? Yeah, absolutely. It started really with me being a speaker for many, many years. So after traveling around, doing conferences, doing workshops, speaking at churches and all these different environments, I started leading. And as I started leading people and I had a lot of people come and say, Mike, can you help me get better? And so people would come and just show up at the church that I was leading at the time. And I would train speakers up and help them out, give them some feedback. And it was really from this faith perspective. Then as time passed, I started seeing that there was a need outside of the realm, the small world that I was living in, that people in all these different environments were needing help as, as communicators, as leaders, as CEOs, as executives. And I started developing little by little, just working with them on a speech here and speech there. Then as people came, they started talking about, hey, how do I develop confidence? How do I do this? How do I do that? And as they brought questions to me, I started writing that content. This turned into a book, so I wrote a book called Speak With No Fear, since one of the biggest aspects that people would come to me would be about how do I speak without feeling so anxious and nervous and, and just, I want to throw up, how do I, how do I get over that? So I wrote a book about that, it's extremely well received, picked up by Forbes, wrote a second book on how to write a speech. So all this together created really this whole company that I've developed on how, helping people take their potential and turn it into their actual. So I do that through speech coaching, through programs, through books, through workshops, helping people take their potential as a speaker, their potential as a communicator, their potential as a leader, 
and turning it into their actual reality. So, you know, why should a business owner, entrepreneur, or marketer consider adding speaking to their repertoire of uh, marketing tactics? Yeah. Communication is currency. It is the currency we use in everything. If you, if you're in sales and you can't communicate, you're not going to be very good at sales. If you're in marketing and you can't get your point across, then you're not going to be marketing your product very well. If you're a leader and you're advancing, and you can't get your point across, if you can't rally people to your side, then you're not going to be able to effectively lead. So really communication is currency. And if you want to extend your market, if you want to get out there more, then developing your ability to speak and creating avenues where you can be on that platform to get your message across, to get your product across, to get your services across will help you. So where's kind of the low hanging fruit? I mean, you've obviously worked with a bunch of people and, you know, you've got expertise in this yourself. You know, um, when people come to you, what's normally the, the number one thing that's holding them back from actually executing? Yeah, really there's two different sets of threes. So there's a set of three aspects of where's your confidence coming from? And there's three questions that you need to answer. Those are typically one of the two areas that's holding people back. The questions reveal the purpose and the why, the reason, and what they're going to say. And then the other area, the other three, are really the sources of confidence. And it's either confidence that's holding someone back or really understanding that's holding someone back. So if it's confidence that's holding someone back, someone might just be like, I, you know, I just don't feel comfortable doing it. I just don't know like, how to do it, the mechanics of doing it. And so really it's this aspect of, you, you need to learn how to develop confidence and confidence that carries you on stage. Because if you don't have that confidence, you're not going to want to get up there. You're not going to say yes to the opportunities that are there. Now, on the other hand, it might be they don't understand the, the, the questions that, that give a purpose for it. They don't understand uh, how it's coming across. And so I work on both of those sets with people, and it really depends. Uh, some of the people I work with, there are these high-powered executives. I have some CEOs of multi-million and even billion-dollar companies that have done incredible starting these businesses, and that they just don't. They and they know that they actually should be on stage. They know that it would help them, which is why they come to me. They understand that the value for marketing it has, but they just don't either have that confidence on one hand, or they just don't even know what questions they should be answering on the other hand. So, so which do you think this would be for your, for your audience? Do you think that confidence would be more helpful or going through these clarifying questions? I'm not sure because when you mention that and you know, it's just, this is my, I'm a survey of one. <laughs> uh, so my survey, my, and I tell my clients, you know, you, we, we don't make marketing decisions based on what we like, but in this case, I, you know, I'm really not sure because I've never considered confidence an issue for myself. Speaking is more been around developing the developing a clear a clear message and right. creating the content. But you know, this is your expertise, so I'll let you I'll let you decide. How's that? Yeah, sounds good. So uh, let me just take you back to one of the clients I was working with. So he's an entrepreneur, had this great idea, started a company in the UK did very well, started hiring people. He's very good at just doing it, very hard worker, has some incredible ideas, technical experience. Then he took that company and expanded to another place in Africa. From there, he took it and moved it over to the United States where he moved his headquarters. So now he's over here, his company has grown to about 500 people. It's a really good, very valuable company. 
and they're doing some amazing work. They're constantly getting recognized. He reaches out to me and he says, you know, I know that I could extend my market by doing something very simple. <laughs> How would you like that, right? Yeah. All I got to do is do something simple and I can extend my market, which I think that's a, anybody who's trying to do marketing, that's, that's what we're all wanting, right? Like, like can I just, what's a simple, easy fix? And, and then I, I can just extend and get more people, get a larger audience. And he says, I know it. I know it. And it's, it terrifies me because I don't, I don't know how to do it. And so the, ultimately what he's talking about is people have recognized him. He knew that he could get out onto some platforms. He knew he could easily do some marketing at no cost. In fact, he'd get paid to it if he just had the confidence to get there on stage. Now, why is it that he's lacking confidence? Here's a guy who's grown multi-million dollar company. Why is it that he lacks confidence? Here's a guy who's got a lot of things put together in life. But sometimes the confidence that we have in one realm or a confidence as a doer doesn't come across as, as the confidence of a speaker. Some people, it's not an issue. But the majority of people, if statistics are true, it's the number one fear that people have. So here you are as a business leader. And if you could just get out there onto some platforms and have a confidence that shines through, if you could get out there onto podcasts and have confidence that shines through, if you could get out there in a book and have confidence that shines through, if you get out there in a, in a chamber of commerce or these local groups and have confidence that shines through, that it would extend your market. So how do you have that confidence that do so? A lot of people think it's just about skill, just teaching me how to do some things. In fact, a lot of clients come to me and say, I just... I just need you to help me get my thoughts together, create this message, or I just need you to teach me how to not say um and er and how to use my hands and not be so whatever it is that they're they're doing. <laughs> yeah. and I was telling yeah. I always tell them, Doug, I was like, man, what you're telling me to do is that you want me to help you bake a cake, but you want the cake just to be icing and sprinkles. That really confidence starts from somewhere else. Of course, the people go, well, where? What are you talking about? And I said, your confidence comes from your identity. And sometimes we're like, well, that's not, I don't want to focus on my identity. I just, I know who I am. I just want to know how to put my message together and how to get better. I said, well, really, it, all of that insecurity, it comes from something deeper than just not knowing how to put your thoughts together and how to communicate it. It comes from this aspect of who are you as a speaker? Because ultimately, anytime someone's giving the message, you are the message. And so, Doug, as a person who leads a podcast on marketing, you are a marketer. It's you are. You embody the message of your podcast. Me as a speaker, I embody. I have to believe in what I'm doing. It has to be internal to what I'm saying. Politicians, their policies have to come from who they are. Preachers, their, their sermons have to come from who they are. So you are the message. So anytime you get up on stage to say something, you are part of that message. And if you have this identity conflict when you get up onto stage or in front of people or on the radio or on a TV ad or whatever it might be, and there's identity crisis of some sorts where it disconnects with what you're saying, there's always going to be a lack of confidence. Ah. Well, it's interesting because I've, I've, you know, when, when you said that, I'm going, yeah, I can totally relate. I'm looking for, teach me this, teach me the skills to do a better job. But as I was, you know, thinking more deeply around your conversation around confidence, I'm thinking the clients that I've seen that have struggled the most, most often it's when they put a camera in front of them. 
So lots of times they can get up and give a great speech, but as soon as you turn a camera on like a video camera, they're like a deer in the headlight. So I guess that clearly comes back to confidence of being able to speak now in front of a camera, which is different than a crowd, but for some reason it terrifies them to death. Absolutely. And, and to go along with that same vein of thought, I was just working with one of my clients this morning, incredible person, high level leader. And he said, I don't like watching my videos or listening to my recordings. Now, here's a person who wants to get out there more because he knows the value of speaking. He knows the value of communicating in terms of increasing his own market as, a, as now a trainer, he used to be a doctor. And I said, I want you to think about this. If you are unwilling to listen to yourself speak, then why should you force others to listen to you? <laughs> it's it, funny. It, well, it is. It's, it is. And he goes, yeah, ouch. Funny, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like a, and I didn't mean it as like a zinger or anything. But yeah. the reality is if, if you are uncomfortable with how you sound and how you look, then the moment on stage where you feel a little bit insecure what are you thinking about? You're thinking about how people are thinking about you and, and all of those internal insecurities show up. So I tell people again and again, get comfortable with how you sound, get comfortable with what you look like in front of people, because the more comfortable you are and the more peace you make with who you are in front of others, the more confidence you're going to have. It's not going to be this lingering doubt of what do people think about me? Yeah, and I guess you know, you know, from looking at it from a um, presentation uh, point of view, I mean, if you're focused on what people are thinking about you, you're not focused on the right thing. I mean, you should be focused on, I think, I think, anyhow, ser- serving your serving your audience and not wondering how people think yeah, if you absolutely. look like or sound like as a, as a speaker. It's it's the it's the message, and I think that was the the term you use is you are the message, and that actually happens to be a title of a book I read years ago by Roger Ailes. And I really like that. And the and his book basically takes a, a slightly different um, approach than what you're suggesting. Room, you're the message. And his point was that you, um, you should be the same on the stage as you are off the stage. Yeah. So for speakers that you see do a great presentation, when you go have coffee with them or go have a beer with them or whatever, they should be the same person. And you know, my experience has been that's not always the case. Some people yeah. that are great presenters. And there's some people that I've met after off the stage that I clearly would not want to associate with any further. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's true. And, and I bring up the same thing in my book. So my book's called Speak With No Fear. So when I go through these seven strategies that are in the book, uncover and clean the wound, imagine the worst, you be you, speak to one, and it's not about you. It's not about you, really. This is what we're trying to do right here. That, yeah, we're the voices that are speaking on this podcast, but we're trying to add value to all the listeners that are, are out there thinking, who is out there? How can we help you? And often a, a speaker gets so caught up in, in what they're doing on stage that they forget that it's not about them, that they're trying to add value. They're trying to win people over. They're trying to, even if you're selling, it's not about you. It's about getting that person to understand that you have something of value that could help them. That is if you believe in your product. So ultimately we're always thinking that my identity is I want to be a person who brings value to others. And that's, that's part of my identity. What is your identity? Because your identity is going to come out in what you say to others. So let me back up to those three different areas. I said that as a, as a speaker, as a communicator, I would encourage every single person who's listening to find a platform of some sort to get on and then to develop confidence through these three circles. 
this. First one is identity. Who are you? Because who you are is going to really relate and come through what you say. The second one is going to be your message. Message is part of confidence. And then the third one is going to be skills. All three of those combined. It's not just identity. It's not just message. It's not just skills. Think of it like a Venn diagram, three circles that overlap. If all three of the circles are light blue, when you overlap them, they're going to come across this deep, this deep blue. And that's what you want. You want this depth to what you're saying. So develop this identity. Who are you? Because it comes across through what you say. Create the message. Understand what you are trying to get across. Understand how they're listening to it. And then develop the skills that are going to connect the eye contact, the the presence, the, the positioning on stage, signposting, and all the many skills that you can have. When you do that, you have a confidence that you know is rooted not in just you're a good performer. It's it's a confidence that's rooted inside your heart, inside your hand, head, and then through your hands. It's internal and it's external. And people get that. People can feel that confidence. They can relate with that confidence. They can connect with that confidence. Which when people connect with you through communication, it extends your brand, it extends your product, it extends your sales. Well, I like your point. Like you said, find find a platform. So maybe, you know, maybe when you're finished listening to the podcast that you don't uh, uh, go out and, and book your first speech at the Chamber of Commerce. So, but like you said, find find a platform. So if it's social media, if it's doing some live video, if it's if it's writing, if it's being on a podcast and then starting a podcast, find a platform. And then I guess from there, you can expand based on what your business goals are and what the opportunities in the marketplace are for you. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'll bring a, bring a, everyone back to a, one strategy that I have in this book. And really, I, I talk about it's not about you. And I mentioned it briefly before. But so many people, when they buy, buy the platform, and I think about this when you mentioned social media, because I'm on LinkedIn and I see people do videos a lot. And I've done this before. We, we put these videos together. And the reality is, it's about us. It's about us creating a larger platform for us. And so just, I want to caution you for the type of confidence that connects and the type of message that connects and the type of marketing that really makes an impact is when it's really about other people. And when they, and people can sniff that out in us, right? They can smell if we're, if we're in it for ourselves or, or they can really see like, no, no, this person's really genuine and they really want me to succeed. And so just check yourself before and ask yourself this question. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? And it's got to go deeper than the production. So a lot of times people say, well, I'm doing this because I got to do it. Or because my boss told me, or because the guy on the podcast that Doug had on the show told me to do it. But why are you really doing it? Get beyond the production and get to the people. How does this connect with people? I know, for example, that if, if listeners here today will take me up on one or two of these different thoughts that you can improve your platform. You can improve your marketability. If you will develop greater confidence and take one of these steps, it will help you. Likewise, think through what would it do if you did that video on LinkedIn? Or what would it do if you got together with some people and and spoke? What would it do if you went to Chamber of Commerce? What would it do if you reached out to your local association and volunteered to do a workshop? What would it do for them? Now, when you help them, it helps you. I can't remember who said this. It's that famous quote, like, if you help enough people get what they want, 
they will in turn help you get what you want. Yep, absolutely. It's a huge aspect of speaking is let me help you get what you want. In the end, it will come back and bless me, but I'm going to give it away first. Uh, also, this really helps people with nervousness on stage. If you're always constantly thinking about others, you're not thinking about yourself. And one of the reasons why we get nervous when we're in front of people or where we start getting nervous in our own products is because we start thinking about what are people thinking about me? What are people thinking about me? I always tell people, no one's thinking about you. They're too busy thinking about themselves. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's, yeah that's right. Say, so don't, don't be so foolish. Yeah, they're not thinking about you at all. Yeah. 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 So yeah. In, ter- in terms of steps, so, you know, if somebody say, hey, this, this kind of makes sense and, or I know I should be doing this or I've been procrastinating doing this at a high level. I mean, we're, we're not going to go through your whole book, but at a high level, what is it? What are the starting points from, hey, you know, I know I should be doing this. I know I should be speaking at association meetings to actually getting to the platform that you would take. Yeah. The first step I would say is ask yourself why. So why should I be doing this? Not because someone said, but why should I be doing this? Once you find out your why, then ask yourself the question, who? Who would really benefit from this? And then the third one is, what do you want to say? What do you have that would add value to the people around you? And then the fourth question, where? So you're just walking through the steps. So I'll give those to you again. First, start with why. Why should you be doing this? Then who? Who can you be speaking to? Who will this bring value to? What? What can you say that will bring value to people that would help them and that you're qualified to speak on? I'm not qualified to speak on a lot of things, so I won't go to a lot of places and speak to those because I have no qualifications for it. I wouldn't help anybody. Then you want to ask, was, where can I do this? Are, are there associations that I'm part of? Are there faith organizations? And then how am I going to get up on stage? And there's all kinds of systems to get onto the stage, but the most basic one is just reaching out to them and offering to help them. A lot of people will say yes to you if you offer to truly help them if, without any kind of remuneration. And from there, it can build into more. But if you're looking at extending your platform, getting out on their stage, ask those questions, and they lead you to the steps. Why, who, what, where, and how. Yeah, and I, I like your comment about add value. I mean, I um, <laughs> that's that's part of my constant repertoire when I'm speaking to people about communication, and in, even in the marketing message. I mean, I publish a newsletter, and the goal, my goal there is to help people. And I tell you know, I tell people that want to subscribe, hey, you know, I'm you're not going to get a, a, a an email from from me every day telling you to buy my stuff. Actually, I don't think I've ever asked my audience to buy anything from me directly, but I have got business as a result of the, the, that email because I help people and then they go, then they reach out. So it's like you said, serve first and then, um, then the, the business will follow. Yeah. I love Patrick Lencioni did a book about this years ago and I can't remember exactly which one it was, but where he just goes out and their whole goal is they just start consulting with people and they just start giving them away their content. And in the end, then they negotiate the price. I don't know if it's really what they do or if it's just in the parable of the story. Uh, but I thought, man, that's really interesting. Just start helping people. You'll find more business from that. You'll find more value to them and you'll enjoy it more because then you don't feel like you're constantly doing sales. When I get on the, the phone with a potential client, sometimes I'll just ask, what speech are you working on? Let's, let's work on it. And then we'll spend about 10 minutes working on it. And I'll say, do you want to do this some more? And sometimes they'll say no. 
<laughs> no, I don't want to. <laughs> they're like, that's all I needed. You just gave me all the help I needed. That's they're funny. Like, Great. Okay. Uh, so I, I helped you too much and gave away the content. But, you know, I feel good about myself because I helped that person. And then other times I say, yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's do this because I need, I need more help. And, but that's also what makes you referable too, right? Right. Right. And, and I think it's a, it's a constant. I think it's a good marketing tip, period. <laughs> Give away value, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've ha I've had a few guests in the podcast, not many, you know, I'm just, I don't know where we're at. We're 100 and something episodes now, 170 or 180 that, you know, say, hey, I'll, I'll be happy to tell you that if you buy my book. It's like, well, so you're not adding any value to anyone. Nobody's going to buy your book. You've just offended everyone who listened. You insulted them. That's not going to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I, it's, it's funny. I, I've actually accidentally done the opposite where I've told everybody, and then I said, by the way, I did write a book about that. So if you want to, a reminder on the, the notes of what I just said, you can go check it out. But um, but I feel like give it away. And when I'm doing events, I like just to give my book away anyway. So in terms of what you're doing with your business uh, right now, what are you most excited about? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I feel like there's a lot of people who have incredible potential, but don't see the actual results. So what I look to, to do, and the majority of people I work with are these uh, executives, upper-level leaders and CEOs, or top-level leaders like a doctor or something, and they've done extremely well. And now they've gotten elevated to some kind of platform, and they come to me and they say, yeah, I need help because I, my, my platform has gotten bigger, and it's not something I was looking for, but you know, essentially they tell me they did well, and now they're leading meetings all the time or leading organizations or having to speak or being invited to be part of a panel. So the thing that I love is working with these people who have so much potential and then turning it into actual. So one of my favorite stories was working with this lady and every single, uh, every two weeks we'd work together and she was going through my course. I have a full program, she was going through my program and we were working on it. And she got to the end of our, our sessions and she gave her, she gave her speech that we've been working on and she did so well that I had literally nothing to say. I said, that's it. I'm like, there's always something you could say, right? So I could have made some stuff up, but, but the reality is she delivered and that, I mean, she got up and danced and there's this executive woman dancing right on the other side of the, the video. And we were just so enthused that she really had taken this potential and turned it into her actual she launched her company, her old a boss became one of her clients. And it was just one of those all around feel good stories. Now, not every single person I talk with dances, but I do like when people dance because they see how communication has made them feel in life. That's really neat. I mean, one of the things I think of, whether it is um, speaking or even in the sales role is that, you know, like you said, you've developed this potential and if you can truly help people, you're just thinking about yourself if you won't go share your message. So you're being, you know, it struck me, you know, a number of years ago I was in a workshop and I went, man, if you're not asking for the sale, you're being selfish because what you're doing is thinking about yourself and that you might get rejected opposed to thinking about your prospect or in your case, your audience. You've got a message that can help them help improve their life, their marriage, their family, their business, whatever your message is. And if you're not sharing that, you're really just look, thinking of yourself and not thinking of how you can help people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I really think that every single person who's listening, you have some area of value that needs to be shared with someone else. 
and unfortunately, our culture has uh, really, you know, this our Western culture has really gotten away from oral traditions. And it used to be that people would just gather around and listen to each other's stories because there was this inherent worth in listening to people's stories. And now we've almost monetized every story or we just don't share our stories or we don't believe our stories are worth listening to. And one of the reasons why I like encouraging people to share stories in their, in their speeches and in their team meetings is because it humanizes it more and it, it returns us to this classic aspect of connecting with someone else's story. You know, often, often I personally have found more value in someone's story than just someone's principles, which is funny because I've given a lot of principles here and haven't told a lot of stories. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's okay. You know, it's funny. I, I, I'm in a mastermind with a group of guys in the, in the U.S. and I really love these guys. And one of the uh, one of the guys said, you know, what's ordinary to you is extraordinary to other people. Yeah. And he made that comment to me. I went, oh, it's no big deal. I mean, this stuff is simple. He's going, it's simple to you. He said, but to most people, it's 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 not that simple. So that's that's the value. And I think often, like you said, when you've got um, a leader that that's got extreme talent and they're humble, they just sometimes don't see the value or or how much knowledge they have. They just right. think, well, you know, everybody understands this. It's like, no, not everybody understands this. You have a you know unique gift and talent, and and uh, you could add value to people's life by getting out there. Right. Yeah. I think there's a, there's one other little thought that came up as you're saying that a lot of people say, well, I'm not, I'm not a speaker. Everyone is a speaker. And even if you're not going to get on the platform and speak to a thousand people or a hundred people or 50 people, everyone is a speaker. So developing confidence in speaker, even if you're not going to do the questions and get to the where and how, at least do the questions of why are you going to be talking to your team this week? Why are you talking to your clients? Who are they? What what are they needing from you? And what can you say about you? Those three questions often have CEOs just put that on the top left of their agenda for their for their boards. Their their why, their who, and the what. Why am I doing this? Who are these people that I'm speaking to? And asking that again and again, diving into their own needs and that person's psyche. And then what can I say that would add value? So those questions, whether you're speaking or really on the stage or whether you're just speaking to a couple people, it works because you are a speaker and developing confidence. The aspect of identity, it, it's more than just for speakers, that aspect of identity. I work with a couple athletes who are trying to get out there onto the platforms. And it's that aspect of identity. It's not just what you do or what you have done. It's so much deeper. And that aspect of identity and messaging and skills, really, that's how to have executive presence in all areas of life. So one of the things I love about communication and training people to be speakers on stage is because if you learn how to speak on stage and learn the principles of speaking on stage, it carries with you when you walk off the stage. Sure. Absolutely. This transferable skill set. I mean, I'm thinking of guests that I've reached out to. So with the podcast, I reach out to guests often through social media or in like in your case, I get uh, an introduction from a, somebody I trust. And I've had people say to me that they'd love to be in the podcast, but they, they just don't feel comfortable being interviewed. Right. So, you know, 
for those of you that are, that are listening and tuning in today, I mean, there's there's a just another reason, like you said, where that skill set's transferable. You know, are you missing those opportunities to accept an invitation to maybe be a podcast guest or do a video interview with somebody, or even you know, for if you're in a in a business situation, to be able to respond to a media request and have enough confidence that you can answer the call and answer the questions and, and not get all flustered and and do a good job. Right. Yeah. Take the take the plunge, risk it. Uh, I did a webinar just recently, and one of the big points was dare to do something different. If you've always done what you've always done, you always get what you always got. But uh, <laughs> hey, if you do something different, I mean, who knows what will happen? Yeah, I read a book years ago. It's a really simple book. It's the author's name is Price Pritchett, and it's called Quantum Leap Strategy. And he, he, that's what he basically talks about is, is taking a quantum leap. What, he says, what if all the barriers were imaginary? And so, yeah, I've lived by that for a long time. So, Mike, what's some of the bad advice that you hear? I mean, you're out in the community. You're out speaking at various platforms. You're at seminars and webinar, or doing webinars. And what's some of the bad advice that you hear people um, give around speaking? Yeah, I think uh, there's... I mean, the, the, most of the advice that people put out there is pretty good, but they find the, the worst advice is where it's just about what you do. For example, I, I put out my book and I got an Amazon review and it said, uh, this book is uh, compared my book with another book on public speaking. It said this other book is so much better that Mike's book doesn't have much substance to it. I know the other book. It's a great book, but it's all about skill. So here's a book who wanted techniques. You wanted things to do. And I think that's so often where we go in life is, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to do? Versus who am I? Who I am is going to come across in how I do things. If, if I teach you how to do the specific techniques that I do, it might not work for you because you are not like me. And now, if you're pretty similar to me, you could probably copy my speaking style and, and it'll go fine for you. Uh, I had to do that with somebody when I first started. I copied someone's speaking style. He is very similar to me in personality. He was a fantastic speaker, so I imitated him. Others imitated him but didn't have a similar style. They did what he did. They did the actions, but because they didn't have a personality similar to him, it didn't carry through. But that's what a lot of speaking books and a lot of that bad advice out there is just do certain things. Well, good if you're like the person who tells you how to do them. But what if you're not? So first, understand who you are, and then if you do want to copy someone, find someone similar to you in your personality and imitate that person and find out that. Um, another thing that I'll see a lot of, of out there is really this, this idea of like really keeping it in a specific vein. Like here's a couple, here's a couple of great speakers. Just watch these couple of great speakers. But if you just listen to one or two great speakers, you become a clone, you become a copy. If you really want to be great, get out there and get to see a lot of different people. Look them up on TED Talks, sermons, political speeches, all these different areas. Watch a lot of people, see different aspects of what they do, and match those with who you are, and then do that. But create your own style out of watching lots. Don't just create your own style by copying a few. Yeah, I know. I think that's great advice in a lot of areas of our life. I mean, we all we're all made differently, and we need to figure out what, um, like you said, who you are, and then leverage leverage your strong points. Right. Yeah. I mean, there are some techniques, right, that are pretty much basic all across eye contact, 
we should do eye contact. Uh, but then there's others that really, the amount that you move, the hand gesturing, the pace in which you speak, your vocal variety, and so much more, it, you gotta you gotta figure out what's what's you. Uh, when I one of the funny stories I tell in my book is uh, when I was a new preacher, I was about 26, and I was pre- speaking to adults. The church just kept on growing, and I <laughs> I didn't really know my style, and so I would listen to preachers every week and I would imitate. So uh, Doug, one week I was like a, I was like Andy Stanley, and I would walk like him. And <laughs> one week I was like a this um, famous American black preacher, T.D. Jakes. And I'm like, get it out there and yell in. And the next week I was like this guy who was just kind of this yelling pastor in Seattle area. And I just became a different person every single week. And it was honestly looking back, embarrassing and comedic. And I was just always someone different. And I wonder sometimes, did the church just grow because people are like, come see this guy who was just a freak different person every week. But that's, that's funny. You can go to one location, like you said, see T, T, uh, T what is it, T.D. Jakes? T.D. Jakes, yeah, Andy yeah, Stanley, Mark Driscoll, yeah. Rob Bell. Yeah, sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, funny. But really from that, I I started realizing who I was and and tried to uh, stop being somebody else. And, and we do that in so many areas. We clone the, the marketing strategy of someone else. We clone the speaking style of someone else. We clone how to lead a meeting like our boss did. I was working with a, a captain in the military, and she was cloning how her sergeant had led and um, before her. And so often we just imitate. And let's be inspired but not become clones. Let's find the good in many, but, but let's not clone any. That's cool. So a couple questions. Uh, who's one guest uh, do you think I absolutely have to have on my podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a guy named Ned Lindstrom. And Ned was a client of mine from this last summer. Ned uh, worked for, let's see, was it um, one of those big book chains? And then worked with Apple when Apple went from pretty much small company to a massive company. And he just did incredible. And his superpowers in hiring people and hiring the right type of people. So if you have a growing organization, you want to know how to hire people. Man, Ned is fantastic. Uh, he's spoken at some events, which is why he hired me. There you go. Well, could you make an introduction for us? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll send an email over to him. That'd be great. So Mike, where's the best place for people to connect with you, track you down, learn more about you, and um, get to know you know how you can help them out? Yeah. I'm really easy to find on the internet. Mike Acker pulls up like two Google pages with uh, different things uh, related to me. And so mikeacker.com is where I live right there, mikeacker.com. My company is called Advance. So we have a website called steps to advance.com. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on uh, Instagram. I'm not on MySpace. Uh, <laughs> although that's how I met my wife. Um, and <laughs> And uh, yeah, I'm all over there. If one people want to email me, it's contact at steps to advance.com. Well, excellent. Hey, I want to say thanks so much for taking time out of your day and sharing with our audience. Thank you so much, Doug. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me speak into the audience. And I would love to hear any feedback or any questions that anybody has. 
That's awesome. So there you go, listeners. There's another uh, another approach to marketing. I mean, you've got a message inside you. You've got skills and talents, and you need to get it out to the world. And uh, one one avenue is uh, speaking. Obviously, um, as Mike shared, if you have your confidence, you know what your message is. You can take those skills and apply them across all your uh, marketing, whether it's digital or audio or it's written. So I um, hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, don't be shy to reach out and have a look at Mike's website and. And uh, in fact, he is on all the social platforms. I've connect, I'm connecting with him there. And uh, just uh, stay tuned. I look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting DougMorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers, as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's DougMorneau.com. Until next time. We look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.